Per quanto riguarda il nostro paese in questa disciplina, Valentina, buongiorno. Buongiorno, grazie dell'invito, buongiorno a tutti. Valentina Margiola. Now this young athlete crashed in the race here two weeks ago in the second run. But not on this day. Second best start in the competition. And she walks away with at least a bronze medal. And your first world championship medal for both of you. Italy, congratulations. Welcome to Flame Bears, the woman athletes blazing the trail to Beijing. I'm your host, Jamie. In this episode, we speak with Italian skeleton racer Valentina Margaglio. Valentina is the first Italian to ever win a medal in the World Championships, and she's now poised to dominate the ice in Beijing. In this episode, we talk about how she got into the sport, changing weight restrictions and how they impact her push, and how she got her trademark name, The Lioness, because of her big, fabulous curly hair. Okay, I'm Valentina Margaglio from Italy, and I'm the first woman to win a medal in the Skeleton World Cup and the European Championship. <laughs> Valentina, how did you get into Skeleton? Okay, I start from uh, track and field. I was a sprinter and a javelin throw. And in 2012, some coach asked me if you, I want to, to try the bobsleigh. So I do the Yaos um, Olympic champion in 2012 with the bobsled. But after I say no, because it's too cold, it's too difficult, <laughs> so I change it. And in 2015, my coach asked me if I want to try some test for the skeleton team and it was great. So <laughs> now I'm, I'm here. <laughs> so you reach speeds of over 80 miles an hour and your face is just centimeters above the ice. Isn't that terrifying? So I try and the first time was very strange and dangerous because I was in Lillehammer in Nadri and um, I have a big air and they chose a very big uh, helmet for the first time and the first run the helmet move, so I hit my chin and I say, okay, <laughs> I'm done. But uh, after three to four days, I changed uh, my mind. So I decided to continue and uh, it was great. <laughs> if you're like me and not super familiar with the sport of skeleton, here's a quick 101. Skeleton racing owes its entire early history to St. Moritz and the famed Cresta Run, a natural ice toboggan track that dates back to 1884. It was there that wealthy British gentlemen had long enjoyed racing one another down the busy, winding streets of the town, causing an uproar among citizens because of the danger to pedestrians and visiting tourists. Olympic skeleton events consist of four runs timed electronically to one hundredth of a second. The four runs are contested over two days, and the final standings are determined by the aggregate time of the four runs. Valentina, tell us about your family growing up. They're obviously a huge part of your life. I was a very competitive child <laughs> since I was uh, little because I had three 
sister, big sister, and one little brother. So <laughs> the competition in family is uh, also every day for everything. <laughs> so, And your dad is Italian and your mom is from the Ivory Coast, but you grew up in Italy. So culturally and racially, how do you think of yourself? How do you identify? I'm very happy because I I have the perfect mix of the, the two cultures. So for my mother, I take determination. For my father, I take my physical uh, talent, if I can come, because he was also a track and field long jumper. So I'm very happy for this mix. Valentina, do you ever go to where your mom grew up on the Ivory Coast? Yes. I bring my mother in 2016 to make a surprise to my grandmother. It was uh, 25 years old, uh, years that my mother's come in uh, Africa, so I bring her. And uh, I'm was super happy to meet my family from theirs. And also it was a little tricky to explain my sport uh, to people because uh, they they never, never see the, the snow, so it, it was difficult to, to explain. Even if the sport is not something they're familiar with, they understand that Valentina is a really big deal. She went on to win a historic medal for Italy. Wow, bronze medal in the team competition. Mattia and Valentina, a really fast run today. Yeah, it's my best time here. But just two weeks before the 2020 World Cup win, Valentina was recovering from an injury. What happened? In uh, Beijing, I do also two weeks of uh, training and not the the last competition because uh, I hit my little finger to the wall. In the same uh, time, I hit the other side, my ankle. It was close to broke, so I need to stay two weeks just only training in the pool. And it was super frustrating because I say, okay, in my mind, I need to stay in the top five in this race, in the top 10 in this race. My coach helped me very much to stay calm because without push, I was lost in training because the, the time was very high because they they pushed me with a broom. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, if, I was, if uh, it was fast or not, and uh, I start to, to, tra- to drive better. Speaking of coaches, hers happens to also be her boyfriend. I got a chance to speak with Andrea Galina about Valentina and what makes her so unique? I'm Andrea Galina, and I'm her coach, the push phase coach, and the physical and the strength coach. We met six or seven years ago on a track and field track, and I was training there too, because I did track and fields before. And she did bobsleigh for two or three years, and she did the Junior Olympics. And then she moved to Skeleton. I, changed from track and field to skeleton and we met again there so we were athletes together and then I moved as a coach and I started coaching her and we continue like for four years now. So for those of us who just watch Valentina on TV or see her via social media what's something we can't see? 
she is really really funny but she can be really uh, resolute when she wants to do something and she's really growing up every year every month every single training maybe and she's really focused now on the goal but she can also be really quiet and really funny when she works so when she's training in the weight room and everybody are really try to be strong and everything Valentina, what's something people don't know about your sport and why does it matter? Since two years, they changed the weight uh, rules. So many girls like me have some problem. All the girls uh, need to stay under 72 kilos. It, it's not enough. You are uh, one meter 80, one meter 90. So I need to um, lose uh, six uh, kilo in uh, maybe five months to, to stay in the race because uh, after the race they you you stay in the balance and uh, if you are more than 102 you are out sometimes uh, I'm scared to be disqualified so I don't don't drink enough before the race because I'm scared about the disqualification so and uh, we don't know how they put this weight limit because they say it was to an advantage for who have the most weight but the problem is uh, now the wavy people have the, the sled more light so can push more faster <laughs> and there's the same problem so it was frustrating for, for us and we hope that they change uh, the rules uh, after the Olympics. <laughs> Luckily she has the support of her team to keep her motivated under these circumstances. My coach and boyfriend <laughs> coach me and uh, teach me how to push with my talent, my abilities, not copying the other because um, the other girls who push more fast is uh, the Russian. It was so skinny and elastic. And I'm the opposite because I'm too powerful and more big. So we can have another point of of view of the the push. And it's important to note that this restriction isn't just for women. It's also hurting some male athletes whose bodies lie outside the traditional body type for skeleton. Yeah, it's it's very strange because also the men, very tall men who need to be more skinny and with no reason because you, you need to stay in the best condition to push faster. So we don't know uh, why they changed the rule like this. This change was particularly harmful for Valentina, who's known for her incredible starts or pushes. Yes, because um, I was the, the second powerful to, at the push, but I need to um, lose six kilo in uh, maybe five months to, to stay in the race because uh, after the race, they... You, you stay in the balance and uh, if you are more than 102, you are out. These rules clearly have a certain body type in mind. And if you happen to have a different body type, you're currently forced to conform or get disqualified. Despite the frustrations around weight, one thing everyone can agree on is the focus on speed. 
To decrease your time, you have to be as aerodynamic as possible. And that means literally making sure that everything down to your helmet and your hair counts towards that goal. Yes, I'm very proud and very lucky because I'm the only one from the old my sibling having curly hair but not uh, a very difficult hair like my sisters and my mother. In the race, uh, you have 30 seconds to put your helmet. So if you are a big hair, you you need more than 30 seconds. (laughs) And now that it's legal to wear a suit with a hood, I assume that helps keep you under the time limit, right? I'm assuming the hood helps you with your hair. Yeah, hood, uh, it's more easy in the the training. uh, You have all the time. (laughs) Just to recap, there's a 30-second time limit to put on one's helmet. And I'd suggest that while well-intentioned to stop dawdling before one's race, this rule was perhaps made with certain athletes in mind. Namely, Caucasian men who don't usually have a ton of hair. Valentina, have you ever felt that people judge you because of your hair? Nobody say your hair is not professional and stuff like that. Just one time, you think uh, curly hair wasn't uh, professional. And the day after I was, uh, I arrived with a very big hair, <laughs> more <laughs> volume possible. Uh, because um, after this, nobody say, say nothing. And mm-hmm. all the people from the newspaper or something, Ask me if I can uh, arrive with a big hair. <laughs> so it's, uh, I'm very happy. Oh, that's so interesting. They actually ask you to arrive with your, with the, your hair big. Yeah, because now it's my logo. I don't know, <laughs> like a lion. So everybody wants my big hair. Hashtag curly hair for the win. So as we head to Beijing, I wanted to know how she's feeling. Valentina, what's going on for you? This season, I was uh, so focused on uh, the Olympic uh, qualification. So I worked so hard. And also in 2020, I win a bronze medal in the World Championship. So from that medal, I start to think, okay, I can be at the high level like the other girls. And uh, I start to trust myself more. And um, last season, I was the fourth, fifth, sixth place in World Cup, so more close to the to a medal. <laughs> and uh, this year, finally, I can take three. <laughs> so I'm very, I'm very happy. I'm very proud because since uh, 1972, nobody wins uh, a medal since Nino Bibbia. So I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm arrived to this Olympic prepared. And um, since uh, Milan and Cortina exit like uh, the next Olympic, I say, okay, I want to win a gold medal in Milano and Cortina. And uh, it's strange because uh, now I think we are six uh, girls who can win a medal. And for the first time, I put myself (laughs) together in this group of six. And uh, I know it's very hard, but I hope like the other girls for a medal but also for my best race ever since now. (laughs) She's got this. And someone who agrees with us is her boyfriend who's been with her every step of the way. 
she worked for four years just for this for this competition. Every every race is getting better, and she is really wants to do her best there. And I think that for it's really really important to to represent her country and represent all the people around her. And I think she's really proud to be to be there. This is a great opportunity. This is the opportunity to do something really really great. And it doesn't matter if you are the best every time, but this is one of the moments you need the best you can and to to try to do everything with no regrets and to bring home something really good. But just to to enjoy the training, enjoy the race and to be really as great as she can be. Valentina, what's one action you want our listeners to take after listening to your story. So we have listeners in 45 countries and counting, which is just wild. And we all want to be as supportive of you as possible. What can we do? To love each other more because this uh, pandemic divide uh, more people because people are frustrating. So they are angry with maybe the wrong person. And it's a, it's a strange uh, position now. People are not focused on the uh, real problem. I don't know if uh, if world can continue like this. Maybe we will arrive to the turn it point. The key is to love love each other. Thanks for tuning in to Flame Bears, the women athletes blazing the trail to Beijing. For more behind-the-scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter by searching for Flame Bears. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a positive review. We'd really appreciate it. It means a ton to us, and the athletes love to read them. If you missed last week's episode with Brazilian para-cross-country skier Alina Roca, Go back and check it out. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Natalia Suiba Jaros of Poland. Thank you to the Harvard Kennedy School's Woman in Public Policy Program and the Harvard Innovation Lab for your ongoing support. Thank you to my amazing gal group within Stanford's Galvanizer Incubator Program. Last but certainly not least, thank you to Dino Catano and Emma Minto for your ongoing support. We'll catch you on our next episode.